Hi, this is JP Mack, and welcome to Liberty Relearned, not just another conservative blog. Well, here we are uh, at the beginning of September, and election season is heating up. And now we're focusing on the upcoming uh, debates. So it looks like we'll have at least one debate. Um, I'm still predicting one and done. Uh, unless, you know, uh, Joe Biden pulls off a miracle uh, victory or a miracle passing uh, performance, I think there'll be one and done, and then he'll come up with an excuse to to bow out of the rest of the debates. I think in that case, I think uh, uh, Vice President Pence should... Uh, cancel the vice presidential debate. But, I mean, that's up to, obviously, the Trump campaign team. And that is yet to be seen. But we'll see. I mean, Biden has committed to the debate, the debates publicly. And so we'll see who, if he follows through. I think the money, good money, is on that he does one. Uh, he does not do all three, but we'll see. Um, so, uh, just the, getting to the basics, we all know who's running. It's uh, President Donald J. Trump for the Republicans and former Vice President Joe Biden for the Democrats. Democrats, of course... Uh, historically being the party of slavery, Jim Crow, and uh, segregation. The Republicans historically being the party of abolitionists, ending slavery, and pro-civil rights act of the 50s and 60s. And desegregation. Uh, the Democrats tend to be the more liberal of the party, particularly in the last uh, few decades. Um, they've gone more and more liberal to the point now of being almost to the extreme left in almost the socialist camp. In fact, we had, there was uh, at least one uh, socialist on running for the Democratic ticket. Uh, that, of course, was Bernie Sanders, who lost the nomination to Joe Biden. And on the other side, you have Donald Trump. Uh, Donald Trump, President Trump, uh, is has just been nominated for uh, two Nobel Peace Prizes. So that will be interesting to see if he gets those. I think... Uh, a lot of liberal heads will explode should he be given the Nobel Peace Prize. Um, but I don't know what they would have to complain about uh, since the Nobel Prize went to Barack Obama uh, for basically, well not basically, for doing nothing. He's only in office for a little while. Didn't even have a chance to do anything, uh, but they gave it to him any, anyway. And uh, he ended up really, uh, 
he didn't really do anything to uh, promote peace. Uh, he didn't he didn't uh, sign any peace accords. Uh, best he can claim is that he did a really bad deal with Iran to inspect their nuclear facilities, which of course uh, gave them everything they wanted, the Iranians, everything they wanted up front, and we basically got very little in return. Uh, so as soon as Trump got into office, he promptly ended the the Iran the Iran deal. And of course, fast forward to now, uh, we can see that the Democrat Party is really focused on collectivism, uh, socialism. They have the support of Marxists. Um, presumably, the uh, Black Lives Matter or BLM Incorporated, the organization, uh, supports Trump. Or I'm sorry, supports Biden, and uh, also uh, supposedly uh, some donations to BLM are being funneled to the Biden campaign. Um, I suggest you do your homework uh, and look up on the internet. Uh, I think Glenn Beck did a good special on that a few weeks back. Uh, suggesting that just uh, illustrating where some of the money donated to BLM is going and it su suggests that the money goes to uh, the Biden campaign or the DNC so that's that and of course you have a lot of civil unrest and of course, virtually all of the rioting and looting uh, and that sort of thing is being done by the left. I mean, there's nobody wearing MAGA hats, you know, at these riots uh, doing the destruction and the looting and the burning and the arson. But, of course, you know, if, if a group of Trump supporters happens to support or show up in support of Trump and to defend uh, buildings and businesses and people from destruction and harm. Uh, they, they're labeled as uh, right-wing extremist or white nationalist or something of that. And of course, the, the, the press, the mainstream media, has tried to do some you know, do a false equivalence between the Trump supporters who come out to protect property and life and the uh, Biden uh, slash socialist slash communist supporters um, that are actually doing all the rioting. So it's something to watch out for. Um, particularly uh, contemporaneously, uh, if you're listening to this, um, while the election is, is still going on uh, here in September of 2020, um, you've probably already seen it. So that's something to look out for. The, the attempt to draw some sort of false equivalence between Trump supporters 
protecting property and people and businesses and the people on the left, presumably Biden supporters mainly, uh, doing the looting and arson and occasionally uh, murder of Trump supporters. So I think this is a pretty clear-cut election. Um, it's not like other elections where it's just a matter of, you know, maybe you're a little bit more interested in labor and unions and and wages and things like that, and so you're going to uh, vote for the Democrat. Or maybe you, you like big government and higher taxes, so you're going to vote for the Democrat. And, you know, the Republican... Um, the Republicans traditionally are for uh, strong national defense, uh, strong economy, uh, pro-growth policies, lower taxes, uh, uh, law and order, uh, things of that nature. But now there's such a stark difference that you know if you're if you're thinking you're going to vote for Biden and that's like voting for JFK or even Bill Clinton or you know even Hillary Clinton for that matter um i don't know that uh the facts would support that this time around because Biden i believe is such a weak candidate that he'll be just you know so malleable that he'll just be a tool that the extreme left uses to build their power and a lot of people, uh, myself included, uh, uh, would suggest that AOC and the squad and uh, people interested in the Green New Deal would uh, be actually the ones in charge pulling the strings. Uh, not to mention the fact that you know Biden is running as a centrist. Um, maybe he's done some centrist things 20, 30 years ago, back in his career. But he also seems to uh, go whichever way the wind blows. And so, you know, at one point, it was popular back in the 70s and 80s be the, to be the law and order candidate. So he passed legislation, which turned out to uh, affect disproportionately uh, black people uh, put a lot of black people in jail for relatively minor drug offenses. And now he's uh, seemingly reversed on that. And he's, he's basically changed his tune according to whichever way the winds blow. And now things are going the other way. Um, he only recently came out um, to condemn the uh, the recent violence, all of the riots and violence, and of course he tried to do this equivalency thing, as I mentioned, between the Republicans and, and Trump supporters and his supporters and the leftists uh, who were causing the main, you know, and trying to make it look like as both were both sides were uh, equally culpable for the violence, which of course is ridiculous, but that's what he says. Okay, the main thing I want to t 
talk to you today about is this thing, this report, this study done by the what's called the Transition Integrity Project, TIP. Uh, they did this study, they did this uh, thing where they war game different scenarios based upon uh, a Biden win, a a Trump win, a narrow Biden win, or uh, an un, un or an U.S. Uh, outcome for the election this November. And so, basically, I'm just going to give you an overview. Uh, there's a lot to unpack as far as this study goes. I probably do uh, several episodes just on this study, so I'm just going to hit the highlights. For you, uh, their summary is available online. It's called "Preventing a Disrupted Presidential Election and Transition 8320." I guess that means August 3rd of this year, and it's on DocumentCloud.org if you want to look it up. And hopefully, I will remember to post this for you uh, somewhere so that you can uh, have a link to this. So I'm going to be reading a lot of excerpts from this. Um, this is a study attempted to war game. Now this is, it says it's a, um, claims to be bipartisan. But what they mean by bipartisan is it's Democrats and never Trumpers. Okay, so these are would be Republicans or so-called Republicans. Uh, one is uh, Michael Steele, uh, former head of the Republican RNC, uh, and, and a lot of never-Trumpers. So when they say it's bipartisan, you have to take that with a grain of salt because really the Republicans... Uh, that play the side of the Trump supporters, um, really, they're really uh, anti-Trump. They're, they're not, you know, it's not like you had someone from the Trump campaign uh, take place on this or, or a Virginia order. So, remember, when it says bipartisan, you have to take that with a grain of salt because it's really... Uh, Partisan, it's either Democrat or never Trump or Republican, but it's not to be taken as a genuine bipartisan exercise. Okay, so I'm just going to read from the executive summary and let them uh, describe in their words what this is about. It says, and I'm quoting here, in June 2020, the Transition Integrity Project, TIP, convened a bipartisan group of over 100 current and former senior government and campaign leaders and other experts in a series of 2020 election crisis scenario planning exercises. The results of all four tabletop exercises were alarming. We assess with a high degree of likelihood that November's elections will be marked by a chaotic legal and political 
landscape, we also assess that the President Trump is likely to contest the result of both legal and extra-legal means in attempt to hold on to power. Recent events, including the President's own unwillingness to commit to abiding by results of the election, the Attorney General's embrace of the President's groundless electoral fraud claims, and unprecedented deployment of federal agents to put down left-wing protests underscore the extreme links to which President Trump may be willing to go in order to stay in office. Okay, so I think that they're telling you right away where they're coming from. Okay, this is not an unbiased report by unbiased people. Um... So let's go back over, because um, there's, a, there's a lot of fallacies just in this opening paragraph here. Um, let's see. We assess with a high degree of likelihood that November's elections will be marked with, by a chaotic legal and political landscape. Okay, well, that much is true. Uh, I will grant them that. Uh, we also assess that President Trump is likely to contest the result by both legal and extra-legal means. Okay, so right there, they're they're telling you where they're where they're coming from. They're already presupposing that he's basically going to unlawfully contest the election and attempt to hold on to power. They say uh, recent events, including president's own unwillingness to commit to abiding by the results of the election, the Attorney General's embrace of the President's groundless electoral fraud claims, etc. Okay, so right there, again, I have a problem with what they're saying, um, which says, you know, his own unwillingness to commit to abiding by the results of the election. Now, Trump has never said that. Okay, Trump has never said he would not abide by the results of the election. Uh, what he said is that he reserves the right to contest the election, which I believe uh, is identical to uh, what uh, Senator Al Gore did when he contested the election back in 2000 with, uh, with uh, President Bush. And it even goes on to mention Bush uh, versus Gore. Um, it cites Bush versus Gore as one of the examples that they drew from to uh, war game this out. So, you know, he's Trump has never said he would not abide by um, the results of the election because. I mean, obviously, if the uh, re- election should uh, result in a Trump loss and everything is on the up and up and everything, all the votes are counted and all of the votes are, you know, after any discrepancies have been worked out and, er- and all the court pleadings or, or whatever happens, uh, if after all that, uh, just as in 
uh, Bush versus Gore, um, you know, if, like, say, President Bush had lost, uh, he would have stepped down. Uh, President, President Trump would also step down. The idea that, you know, even after a properly adjudicated election, if he should lose that, he's not going to step down. Uh, it's just ridiculous. Um, so they're already telling you where they're going. Um, just in the first opening paragraph. And then uh, it goes down. Uh, it says... Uh, among the findings we highlight in the report, first bullet report is the concept of quote unquote election night is no longer accurate and indeed dangerous. Well, you know, if the concept of election night is no longer accurate and indeed dangerous, who made it that way? Um, could it be the Democrats who insisted upon the mail in balloting? Could it be the Democrats who have? Uh, basically, stereotypically, uh, a history of cheating in elections. Uh, you only have to go, you know, look at some, you know, Chicago elections. I mean, there you go. You know which side, which party uh, has the uh, election fraud stereotype on it. And it's not the Republicans. It would definitely be the Democrats. But they pretend... Um, that none of that is true. So, you know, if this can't be determined by uh, election night or, or the results won't be known by the next morning, you know, whose fault is that? It would be, obviously, the fault of the Democrats um, playing games with mail-in balloting, uh, knowing... That you know, after, you know, they've been told in no uncertain terms that they have to get the mail-in ballots in by a certain time, um, or else there's no guarantee that they can all be counted on election night. So there you go. And they're also um, this. I don't know if it's mentioned here, but. Uh, they also are already attempting to conflate the idea of mail-in ballots casted um, and mail-in ballots uh, postmarked by election night or by um, whatever their state's rule is and those are received after. So I think one thing we can count on just as an aside is that that um, the Democrats are would like to have all the ballots counted and say that any ballot that's not counted after election night, even if it's not post, even if it's post postmarked after election day, okay, they'll obviously want those ballots counted if it if it turns out to favor them. Um, so just that's something to watch out for as you, as the election season goes on, um, just be aware of that, that they want to conflate uh, mail-in ballots 
not counted and and mail-in ballots counted that uh, that should be counted legally, they want to conflate the two ideas so that it seems like a lot of people may be disenfranchised. I mean, that's that's the word, that's the term that I guarantee that they're going to use for any mail-in ballots that don't get counted, even if they're uh, clearly postmarked after uh, November 3rd. Okay, the next bullet point is... Uh, move along here. The administrative transition process itself may be highly disrupted. Participants in our exercises of all backgrounds and ideologies believe that Trump would prioritize personal gain and self-protection over ensuring an orderly administrative handoff to his successor. So they're already ascribing bad motives to Trump and his team. Uh, and I'll talk about later on where it, it defines where he's going to be uh, self-serving. You know, it's, you know, you have Donald Trump, who's already a multi-billionaire. Uh, apparently, they can't get over the fact that a multi-billionaire may not you know, necessarily need to make more money. Or at least would want to make more money dishonestly and use the the office, you know, abuse his office. But they're ascribing uh, bad motivation to the president already. So, you know, that tells you, uh, again, about the kind of people who, who did this study. Okay, so I'm going to go on to what they uh, claim will happen during the uh, different scenarios. Uh, here in during the exercises, uh, according to the study, during the exercises, Team Trump and GOP elected officials took the following steps, calling for recounts in all states in which victory was not already apparent. Okay, probably, yeah, I would agree with that. Launching coordinated investigation at state and federal levels into alleged voting irregularities in an effort to undermine public confidence in results that did not go Trump's way and or alter, alter the results. So, again, uh, while I agree they, they definitely would probably do an investigation for voting irregularities, um, they're again ascribing bad motives to it because it would be in an effort to undermine public confidence in the results that did not go Trump's way and or alter the results. So apparently uh, they're suggesting that he would cheat trying to change the um, actual ballots themselves or tamper with the ballots. Okay, uh, next bullet point is attempting to halt the counting of mail-in ballots by filing cases in state courts or leaning on Republican leaders to stop vote counting or to certify a result early without waiting for the certified results from the Secretary of State. 
this I would definitely um, definitely doubt this. I, I think this is a little bit uh, fantasy here. Um, the results have to be uh, verified by the Secretary of State. I don't know how they're supposing that Trump would even try to get around that, but they are. Uh, next one is turning out their well-organized and committed base to take to the streets in favor, in Trump's favor, in part by disseminating disinformation about the danger posed by pro-Biden demonstration demonstrators, e.g., by suggesting likely Antifa violence, etc. Okay, again, the, I'm gonna call BS here. Um, does anybody really doubt that there's gonna be some sort of of uh, far left violence um, in almost any case in this, particularly if if Trump wins or if there's a contested last? Um, you know, you can just look at the pattern of activity that's been exhibited by the leftist forces uh, such as Antifa and BLM. Their basically stated goal is they, they want the overthrow of the United States government. Um, they want to replace the American way of life with uh, some sort of socialist collectivist utopia. Um, so I, I, I think it's safe to assume that accepting a Trump win doesn't fit in with their plans anywhere. Um, so you can guarantee, pretty much guarantee, there'll they'll be some sort of rioting mass demonstrations. But it's interesting that they're, they're saying that the Trump team will be, quote-unquote, turning out their well-organized and committed base to take to the streets in Trump's favor. I don't know how well-organized uh, Trump's base is. I think that there are varying uh, levels of organizations. I don't, you know, I, I don't know what grounds they say that, um, you know, they'll, they'll be well-organized and committed. There certainly will be a counter-protest by pro-Trump forces or pro-Trump uh, supporters uh, in the event that there's a contested victory. You know, of course, there'll be some sort of uh, uh, counter-protest um, because, I mean, there's, there's nothing to suggest that the left is going to be happy with anything but a total Biden victory that they can then use up to uh, eventually set up their own uh, view of, uh, you know, their own socialist program. So I think the, the idea that that's kind of, uh, you know, they're, they're already painting Trump supporters as the bad guys in all of this by, uh, you know, supposing that, that the, implying that Trump will be directing as if he has some sort of, uh, control over uh, Trump supporters. You know, he can just, uh, you know, give an order and they'll they'll do this and and do that. Um, pretty interesting that uh, again, you know, you'll see in this a lot of projection 
of what the left and what Democrats have done and are doing. Um, they're projecting their intentions on to the the Trump team to make it look like you know any any problems, any civil unrest will be Trump's fault. Okay, and the next bullet point is says relying on both Fox News and right wing social media to echo and amplify pro-Trump messages and facilitate the harassment and bullying of election officials to cause chaos and delay and or intimidate officials into taking actions that benefited Team Trump. Again, they're ascribing bad motivations to Trump and his supporters. I mean, saying, you know, that that news and social media is going to be a call for the and facilitate the harassment and bullying of election officials to cause chaos. Um, well, I can pretty much guarantee you that I won't be doing that, and I'll be on social media, and hopefully you'll still be listening to me on this podcast, but I won't be encouraging the bullying of election officials to cause chaos and delay and intimidate officials. I might call upon people listening, um, call upon people to make sure that the elected officials, the election officials do their job and follow the Constitution. Yeah, I, I will do that. And I imagine that there will be another, a lot of people uh, like me also on social media and maybe even on Fox News, I'm sure, that who will be calling for uh, the you know elect- election officials to do their job properly and uh, follow the Constitution. But, I mean, you know, to facilitate the harassment and bullying of elect- election officials... I mean, yeah, as Joe would say, come on, man. And next bullet point is using federal agencies to justify or support Trump campaign tactics in one or in one of the more aggressive moves undertaken in one of the TIP exercises, Team Trump had Attorney General Bill Barr order the seizure of mail-in ballots to ensure that vote counting would stop. Okay, again, you know, besides uh, Donald Trump, of course, their other villain is Bill Barr. Um, that's, you know, that's the main villain for the Democrats and people on the left. So, of course, you know, they're attempting to say that Bill Barr will be I guess Trump stooge and will enforce the stopping of vote counting. Now, I don't think that they will be seizing. How is he going to do the seizure seizure of mail-in ballots to ensure vote counting would stop? Well, if there's if it doesn't need to stop, why you know they they don't explain why the vote counting should stop. If it is in fact uh, a core constitutional and being done the right way, now of course, if you want to keep counting ballots in that were that were sent on November four, yeah, I think that that uh, Bill Barr and the DOJ would have a 
um, you know, would have uh, to, you know, stop the vote counting at that point because, you know, you're not allowed to vote after Election Day. You know, you're not being disenfranchised. If, if you show up on Wednesday after Election Day to the polling place and they don't let you in, you know, you can't say you've been disenfranchised. Uh, but that's exactly what um, the left and the Democrats want to suggest. So, again, where, you know, where are they going to get... How is Bill Barr going to order the seizure of mail-in ballots to ensure vote counting would stop? Uh, you know, sometime, at some point, the vote counting is going to have to stop. And if the Democrats don't want to stop after that point, then yeah. Then Bill Barr or the DOJ or the local election officials will have to stop in and stop counting votes that obviously um, came in after the deadline or were not submitted to the, the election night deadline. So, yeah. And, of course, the flip side of that, as you can imagine, you know, they imagine Team Biden as being the responsible ones. That, you know, they're, they're going to be playing by the rules and anything that goes against them, well, that's just the Trump team uh, playing against the rules and, and not being fair. Uh, so, you know, this, you know, I mean, well, I'll, I'll let you read or hear these and judge for yourselves. All right. So according to the project, quote, during the exercises, Team Biden and Democratic elected officials took the following steps organizing 1,000 influencers to denounce efforts to steal the election, organizing all living presidents to stand with Biden and denounce Trump administration efforts to subvert the democratic process. Now, does it mention the fact that maybe Biden and the Democrats might subvert the democratic process? It only supposes that uh, the Trump team will do this, but of course this is coming from the Biden team. Okay, continuing on, uh, says, recruiting moderate Republican governors such as Baker, Massachusetts, and Hogan, Maryland, to form an election protection coalition. Okay, I think that's a nice sounding term. I think what they are trying to uh, do is, you know, you know, have those basically left-leaning governors uh, follow the uh, Democrat program. Um, not necessarily follow the Constitution, but they, want, they expect them to follow the Democrat program. And, of course, this is all is nice-sounding, you know, Recruiting moderate Republican governors. Well, they're not moderate. I don't know if, if um, Massachusetts or Maryland have ever had a moderate Republican governor in at least my lifetime. But anyhow. All right, next one is working with local Democrat Democratic elected officials to call on the Adjutant General of the National Guard along with the representatives from the technology sector to monitor vote counting 
or, or, well, okay, to monitor vote counting period. Okay, so that's reasonable. Again, you know, the Biden team is portrayed as being the reasonable ones here. You know, ascribing only positive motivations to the the Biden team. Uh, Next bullet point is organizing a bipartisan National Day for Restoration of Democracy and a National Day of Unity, both including faith leaders. Okay, so basically they're going to get the never-Trumpers and the Democrats together to heal in, in unity. Okay. What are, what, by the way, are we going to unite under if Biden wins the, the communist flag? I mean, when he speaks of unity, I'm not sure that he really means the unity that's actually being endorsed by uh, most of his party. You know, I think they, I think we have different ideas of unity and what, what, uh, concentrate good unity and what concentrate constant, you know, what means bad unity, so anyway, alright, next bullet point is attempting a capital strike and work stoppage as part of an overall effort to push corporate leaders to insist all ballots be counted again, uh this is, doesn't mention a fact that, you know, some ballots maybe shouldn't be counted you know, they don't they don't even mention the possibility of the fact that maybe not all ballots should be counted. Uh, of course, in no election, no no federal election, are all ballots counted because there's always ballots sent in that don't make the deadline. There are ballots that are uh, can't be counted because it appears that the person has voted twice or. Uh, any number of reasons that a ballot might be counted. So, again, they're trying to uh, coerce um, people on their side to uh, to uh, hold America hostage uh, should their the the recount not go their way. Okay, so I'm going to start to start wrapping this up because this is, like I said, this really could be two complete ep- episodes, just this going over this one paper, which, I mean, if you're a Republican or if you're a uh, conservative or a libertarian, I think, you know, hearing this and you know, if you read this online yourself, you should be really scared about what uh, these people are all about. Uh, you should be frightened, um, because, and the reason why I do this, because I, I want to teach people about conservatism and, well, conservatism, libertarianism, and also authoritarianism and socialism and all those other things. And, uh, I think this gives a very clear um, idea, a clear glimpse into the mind of leftist thinking. Um, um, so this is, you know, even beyond, I think, the 2020 election, um, this really gives a clear 
um, uh, glimpse into the leftist worldview. And it's, it's a little bit scary. Um, so going on uh, to further quote uh, from the report, uh, Team Trump was consistently the more ruthless than Team Biden, more willing to ignore existing democratic norms to make use of disinformation to deploy federal agencies to promote Trump's personal and electoral interests and to engage in intimidation campaigns. Team Biden generally felt constrained by a commitment to norms and desire to tamp down violence and reduce instability. Um, so I'm going to pause here so that all of the conservatives listening uh, can stop laughing. Okay, um, yeah, I'm, I'm done laughing too because this is this is like funny. This is this would be almost um, like uh, satire if it wasn't true. I mean, this <laughs> this is like um, it's so it's such ridiculous projection that it's like it's almost mind-blowing but again if if you're a conservative or a libertarian i mean you know okay i'll give you a, a minute more to stop laughing uh let's see let's pick this one apart democratic norms um not sure what the democrats know about democratic norms i guess that's whatever they want them to be and not what the constitution or what the people want them to be but it's the democratic norms, quote-unquote, uh, I'm guessing is what the Democrats want them to be. Um, to make use of disinformation, well, let's see, I seem to remember, like, uh, I don't know, all of the last three years with the Mueller investigation, uh, with the Ukraine uh, impeachment thing, uh, I would suggest maybe there was some disinformation put out there on the part of the mainstream media in favor of the Democrats and their Democrat position. Let's say to deploy federal agencies to promote Trump's personal and electoral interests and to engage in intimidation campaigns. Well, let's see. We have people on the left literally th uh, threatening to burn cities and buildings and everything down if they don't get that way. Um, I don't know, Is that does that not qualify as an intimidation campaign by the left and, I would assume, uh, Biden voters? So again, yeah, that, that, was, that part was funny, too. I thought that was funny, too. Uh, and Falcon... And back up there. Uh, to engage in intimidation campaigns, Team Biden generally felt constrained by a commitment to norms and a desire to tamp down violence and reduce instability. I mean, again, you know, wow. I mean, wow, the total lack of self-awareness in that statement. I mean, we've gone through, what, four months of almost constant riots and civil unrest, and it's all been uh, towards the goal of, of the leftists and, and Marxists in this country. 
Um, but apparently, again, um, the Democrats being the uh, projectors that they are, um, want to project all of this onto the Republicans. Okay, so I really got to wrap this up. Um, basically, um, right, I suggest you read this to your, uh, for yourself. Again, I'll probably address this again, um, sometime in a future broadcast. But, and then it goes through the different types of contested scenarios. Um, the first scenario is a closely contested here it is. Uh, if, if you actually look at the thing, uh, again, it's preventing a disrupted presidential election and transition 8320 at documentcloud.org. That's where I found this. Uh, and you can look this up for yourself. And here are the scenarios that they went over. Uh, game one, ambiguous result. So it's not a clear winner after the first day. Um, this, of course, would be kind of analogous to um, the election in uh, the tw two in 2000 with Gore versus Bush. Um, so that's a, a similar scenario to Gore v. Bush in 2000. Game two was a clear Biden victory. Um, which not ironically um, was the only one that that somehow didn't uh, suppose um, violence, I guess. And then game three, uh, clear Trump win. Uh, that's an interesting one. Um, just real quick, is running out of time. In that scenario, that's where we have. The Democrats threatening to secede from the Union, and they want to use uh, different things as bargaining chips to, I guess, not secede from the Union. Uh, envisions particularly the Northwest states of Oregon, Washington, and California. Uh, in that scenario, they plan on. And this is this is a clear Trump win, okay? That they're doing this, and uh, states threaten to secede um, because they are well. They're also supposing here in the scenario a Trump win in the electoral college, but he loses the uh, popular vote, and of course that's what happened in 2016. So uh, apparently. Uh, if a repeat of 2016 happens, uh, they have they're they're not going to take it. They're going to uh, try and take their ball and go home. Uh, and they threaten to secede, which I, I don't think that's going to be happen. But you know that's what they're saying. Uh, I think that their fantasy is. And this is according to this study here, so it's not me making this up. Um, they envision that they can use the statehood of D.C. and Puerto Rico 
as bargaining chips, um, I guess, um, the idea being that they, you know, if Trump accept those things, there won't be any violence, uh, sounds kind of like a not too veiled threat, you know, it's kind of like, you know, in, you know, the old mobster stereotypical tactic of, you know, saying, oh, you, you know, you have... You have a really nice country here. It'd be a shame if something to, were to happen to it. Uh, this is what they're doing. And this is, again, in a clear uh, electoral win for Trump. Uh, maybe even, possibly even greater uh, if, the, if they lose the popular vote. And also, one, one of their demands they want um, is to end the electoral college. Uh, particularly if they uh, win the popular vote but lose the election by the the electoral college, so that's going to be their three demands: you know, D.C., uh, Puerto Rico statehood, and and ending the electoral college. I guess in return, I guess you know we get our country back in one piece. I guess. So that's that gives you. I mean, you know, if that doesn't frighten you if you're a conservative or a libertarian uh, going into this election season. I don't know what will. Um, Let's see if I can get to that actual clear Trump win. Okay. I'm just going to read this real quick and this will be the last one. This is running out of time. And thanks, by the way, for sticking with me this long. Because this is a lot to go over. So, let's see. This this is the, again, war game. Uh, in this scenario, this is a clear Trump win. The third scenario, uh, quoting from the article here, the third, third scenario posited a comfortable electoral college victory for President Trump, 286 to 252, but also a significant popular vote win, 52% to 47% for former Vice President Biden. The gameplay ended in a constitutional crisis with threats of secession and the potential for either a decline in authoritarianism or radically revamped set of democratic rules that ensure the popular will prevails. Abolishment of the Electoral College making D.C. and Puerto Rico states and other changes. Key moves and actions include, and it goes on to describe, you know, how they would hold the country hostage unless they, unless the DNC's or the leftist demands are met. Um, those demands, of course, being abolished, the Electoral College and D.C. and um, Puerto Rico statehood, which, of course, uh, those things would give the Democrats four additional senators uh, and a perpetual lead in the Senate. So they would effectively take over the Senate. Okay, um, that's it. Um, Like I said, this is a kind of scary uh, vision into what... And this is what the left is thinking. So, again, they say it's bipartisan. This is really coming from the left and the never-Trumpers. These are not... This is not true bipartisan 
so of course it's biased. So again, something to think about. Again, thank you for listening. I appreciate when you listen in, when you listen, and if you like this, uh, please you know rate on whatever app you listen to. The, uh, give it four or five stars. You know, maybe make a nice comment on what you heard, uh, and that will help uh, promote this show, and that'd be really appreciated. Of course, as always, I would ask you if you like this show to please tell a friend. Uh, I think word of mouth is still the best way to get the word out about this show. Um, And of course, there's plenty of ways nowadays you can actually send this episode or any episode that you think someone might like to, um, you know, you can share that uh, via messaging or email. Um, I guess depending upon what platform you listen to this on but almost all of them I think if not all of them have some way of sharing it so please if you feel inclined um, please share this Uh, stay tuned next week and we'll have more I think we'll be doing more periodically of these uh, election um, specials we'll try and I'll try and tie it in Um, make sure we don't get too dated in the material um make sure that we that i include some stuff that carries over into the future regardless of what the selection holds um because again this particular i think this gives a really good glimpse into the mind and the thinking of the left and the never trump trump crowd uh, basically predicting almost assuring political violence uh, in almost any case except for a massive landslide Biden victory which I think is the least likely of all of the scenarios that were offered but you know there you have it so again uh, please follow me on Facebook if you want to um, hear my thoughts on more contemporary issues and the news of the day uh, that's a good place to go also on Parlor, so I generally post things on Parlor that I also post on the web page. Plus, it's kind of like you know Twitter, kind of like Twitter with spree- only with free speech. So if you're not on Parlor, uh, uh, please check check it out. I highly recommend it to you. If you are on Parlor, uh, please follow me at. Uh, JP Mac, uh, look me up. Uh, you probably search out Liberty Relearned, and also look at look for LibertyRelearned.com on the web. So that's three ways or four ways really, including this podcast that you can hear or read my thoughts. And again, thank you very much and. Stay healthy and stay happy, and I hope to see you next week. Thanks. Bye.